0: it's been a while good morning good afternoon good mid morning good night (laughs) i don't know what time of day it is for you but for me it is a monday morning and today has been a beautiful morning it is a great day to be alive as whitney simmons would say and i have just had such a productive morning i this never happens i don't know what's in the air i'm going to new york city this weekend i'm so goddamn excited and (laughs) i think it's just putting me in this like very energized mood which is amazing because i have so much crap i need to get done today so we're just getting ahead of the curve and there is nothing wrong with that um this morning i woke up i have ibs i need to move my body right when i wake up it sets the tone for my day it sets the tone for my mood if my gut feel good feels good my head feels good so that's just the vibe we always give out so woke up Went to Orange Theory, signed up for it 10 minutes before, um, got up at 5 a.m. That does not always happen, but today it happened. Felt great, and I went to bed at literally 12, so I got like four to five hours of sleep. Don't don't ask me how that happened, because I will crash in about, eh, give it four hours when I have to start work today, and I'm sitting at a desk, and I'm like gonna zonk, but it's fine. Today we're feeling good. Right now we're feeling good. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. And after Orange Theory, came home, stretched a little. Cause let me tell you, they don't do much stretching. And I'm a girl who loves to meditate and breathe and stretch. So I have to come home, stretch a little bit, hopped in the shower, got myself together. And now we're on our morning walk and it's only 7.50 in the morning. It's like, you know, it's the best day. when you just get up and you get all your crap done. If you aren't a morning person, I highly recommend you just try for a week to get up early in the morning I'm not kidding, like, early bird does catch the worm. <laughs> like, I have gotten people to start waking up early, and they get addicted. Because, let me tell you, I'm a huge sleeper. I love my sleep. If I don't get my sleep, I am a cranky bitch. But, <clears throat> I started waking up early about a year ago, because I started my 9 to 5. And, if you don't get up early, before your 9 to 5, you have no life. Because you just wake up, work, go to bed, and work. It's just, like, terrible. So I force myself to get up at 5 AM and it's a cycle I'm never going to break because I gotta tell you, I absolutely am obsessed with it. So forever a morning person now, never used to be like that, but I'm also a night owl. So that means I get zero sleep. I don't know. I guess I'm a morning person now and a night person but if I had the choice to sleep in, I definitely would. Anyways, so now we're here on this beautiful Monday morning in upstate New York, it is very, very cloudy. Um, but that's okay. Whenever it's cloudy, I always get kind of sad because I am a weather person. If it's sunny, I'm happy. Cloudy, I'm sad. Today, I'm not going to let it bother me. Keep a positive mindset, positive mood. That makes my stomach happy, makes everyone else around you happy. Just always try to stay positive. It's the best way to live. But today we have a very exciting episode. We have our first guest speakers coming on. I'll introduce them a little bit later. Um... But today's episode is really going to go into, is a gluten-free diet causing your symptoms for your autoimmune disease to worsen? And in your head, you're probably like, oh, well, if you have celiac disease, I just have to eat gluten-free. The doctor doesn't specify what kind of gluten-free diet. He just says eat gluten-free, packaged goods, produce, meat, cereal, it doesn't matter, just eat gluten-free. Then all your symptoms will go away. But I know a lot of you reach out to me and you're like, Man, I've been eating gluten free for a year, or two years, or six months, or nine years, and I still feel so sick. And I was right there with you. I was feeling horribly sick, bloated from a.m. to p.m. No matter what I ate, even just drinking water, even just like breathing air, I was getting sick. And I just had no clue where to turn, what to do. I was blowing money on dietitians, nutritionists doctor appointments, medicine, nothing was working. And it was becoming really freaking exhausting because it's like, people don't realize when you have an autoimmune disease or just a chronic illness in general, you push yourself so hard to constantly reach that level of achievement where you feel good in your health. And it's so hard to reach that sometimes because you're trying plan A, plan A is not working. Plan B, plan B is not working. Plan C, well, that didn't work either. And after a while of going through those different trials and errors, it becomes really exhausting, physically as well as mentally. Um, I went on tangent. Now I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh, gluten-free diet. Yeah. <laughs> so, the gluten-free diet. Um, over the past year, I've learned that a gluten-free diet doesn't get rid of inflammation. There's different food categories in the gluten-free diet world that could be causing you increased inflammation and could be making your symptoms become ongoing. And that could be a huge reason of why you're not feeling better. But it's not just diet alone. With anything, there's multiple variables. Your environment around you affects how you heal from your autoimmune disease. Do you have a lot of stressors around you? Do you get enough sleep? Do you drink enough water throughout the day? Um, Are you moving your body throughout the day? But diet is a huge, huge, huge factor. As they always say, you are what you eat. So if you eat a lot of gluten-free but processed unhealthy goods that you may not even realize are processed unhealthy because in the marketing world, I work in marketing, we market gluten-free, keto, paleo, all of those th- all of those things as healthy if you eat it you're going to reach the superior um, optimum health of an american and that's just sadly not the case it's kind of partly why i hate the marketing world and partly why i love being a freelance advertiser for brands because i will only advertise the brands that i know are going to improve your health and not cause you to have inflammation or cause your health to deteriorate in any way and I mean, the marketing world is all about money. They don't give a shit about your health, sadly. And there are some brands though, that do. And I'm going to be sharing those today. And I think it's super important to know these brands, but in the food world, it's like, if you wanna be healthy, you also have to have money. Um, So there's like a lot of inequity when it comes to, you know, being able to, Eat optimally healthy and afford these brands because the best gluten-free brands fucking like box of crackers like seven dollars like what (laughs) I can't afford that. and I have a freaking job like a nine to five like I cannot afford it. So I make a lot of it myself, but for people who don't have the time to do it, um, I'm going to share those brands with you so that you can purchase these items from these brands. If you don't have the time to, you know, make your own goods. Which, totally understand. Some weeks, like, past two weeks, ooh, I have not had the time. I'm <laughs> just like, I couldn't tell you. It takes a while. Like, if you want to make crackers or make a bread, make muffins, that shit takes time. And let me tell you, we're Americans. We move. In New York, we move at the speed of light. We don't always got time. So, you know, sometimes these brands are our Lord and Savior, so I'm going to be sharing those today too. Well, let's go into the different areas of the gluten-free diet. We have, you know, our carbs, our breads, our pastas, our cookies, our desserts. Those are all our grains. Um, then we have, obviously, our produce, which is great. But again, not all produce under the gluten-free diet is necessarily going to help your autoimmune disease because there's a lot of fruits and veggies that cause inflammation. Then we have our fruits. Again, when you look deeper into the side of nutrition, a lot of fruits also cause inflammation, but we'll go into that as as well. And we also have our meats, fish and beef and any type of meat source. And again, there's different meats that cause more inflammation than others and others that are better for you than certain brands that you probably be buying. But before we dive deeper into those different segments, I think it's really important to understand inflammation in the body when it comes to an autoimmune disease and how your nutrition plays a role in that. So when you have celiac disease or Crohn's disease, IBS, IBD, IBC, i um, trying to think of what other autoimmune diseases, lupus, PCOS, POTS, um, EOE, Hashimoto's, any of that stuff. Um, diet plays a huge factor in being able to control all those symptoms. And if you didn't know that, I'm here to tell you it really does. My doctor, a year ago, I showed up at his office and he handed me a medicine and said, this might help, but you may live with symptoms for the rest of your life. And being 22 years old and being told that I'm gonna live in pain for the rest of my life, I freaked out. I was like, I'm, my dad is in the healthcare field, so like I'm pretty stern and like hard headed when it comes to like health and diagnoses and stuff, cause I have had like back surgery, like I've had a lot of medical stuff my entire life. So when I got diagnosed with these autoimmune diseases, it was kind of just like another layer, it didn't really like phase me that much. But to be told that I'm gonna live in misery for the rest of my life, like really hit the heart. And I just like went in my car and I just like broke down and I didn't go home for like four hours. My parents like, where are you? And I'm like, I just can't talk. I just like have to be with myself. And like, I'm a very independent person. I love to like comfort myself. I'm my biggest best friend. Um, And I just needed that time to like figure my shit out. Like what the fuck was I gonna do? Sorry, I have a really bad pot of mouth. Um, but <laughs> what the heck was I going to do to make this not be the case? Like, there's no way I'm letting this doctor determine my rest of my life. And you shouldn't let them determine your life either. You know your body better than anyone else. You are able to feel with food and movement what makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad. And you really need to take note of that. Um, if you haven't already, on my Instagram and my TikTok, I posted a video going through how you can find your food intolerance, food intolerances by just using a planner. And that is a really key and important role um, that I use to determine my trigger foods when it came to inflammation in my body. So particularly when you're feeling symptoms or when you first get diagnosed with a disease, your body is in a high state of inflammation. It's, your body's constantly trying to combat that inflammation and it's really important to eat a low and anti-inflammatory diet so that your body can focus on healing and not have to, you know, add increased inflammation with the foods you're eating. And I don't think this is talked about enough because when I was healing, I was just eating whatever I knew was gluten-free because it's honestly, it's a big learning curve in the beginning. I'm six years in and I kind of just started eating anti-inflammatory about a year ago. Um, so... If it's hard in the beginning and you just need to, what the heck, I'm walking outside and there's like this bird, it sounds like a cat. Anyways, <laughs> um, when you first start the gluten-free diet, if you need to take a year to just learn what the heck is gluten-free, that's okay. Anti-inflammatory can come later. It is not necessary 100% in the beginning. If you want to feel better and faster, I would say it's better to start it sooner than later. But don't put too much pressure on yourself. You don't want to stress yourself out. Causing yourself stress is only gonna make your symptoms worse, and that's not what we're trying to do here. So when we get diagnosed with celiac disease, I'm just gonna start out with celiac, and we start eating gluten-free. We long the foods that we used to eat. We long pizza and pasta, like pizza bites, um, cakes, cookies, and all of that stuff. And for some reason in the wheat world, when you make a process or a, f- a food that has wheat in it, usually for some reason it tends to be a bit healthier um, because you're not removing that gluten and you don't have to replace it with something. You know, when you remove gluten from a product, you remove a lot of taste and flavor and they replace that with sugar, which causes gluten free products to be. Good morning! Good morning causes <laughs> gluten free products to be 10 times worse. Sorry, I had some neighbors say hello. So when you remove gluten from a product, you're removing a lot of taste and flavor. And in replace of that, they add additives like gar gar gum, um, pectin, um, xanthan gum, all these gums and additives and preservatives and all of those things that they're adding, those additives, preservatives, gums, those are all inflammatory. And I know you're gonna look at probably half the things in your pantry and you're gonna be like, shit, (laughs) that's in literally everything and our food industry is so messed up and it makes me so upset because people have the ability to be so much healthier if you know products in america weren't made so unhealthy and i don't know why they're made the way they are In, in europe that's not always the case in other countries it's a lot better but um the food marketing world just decides to market everything as healthy and it is not healthy at all. And it is causing loads of people to continue to be sick and it's causing obesity rates in America to increase and it's leading people with autoimmune autoimmune diseases to have increased inflammation and ongoing symptoms. For example, if you take almond milk and you're like, oh, almond milk is so healthy. This is actually something I just talked about on my IG stories. If you're not following me, my Instagram is at free with me um almond milk and dairy-free alternative milks are one of the most unhealthiest things for you there is so much preservative, so much additives technically almond milk should just be almonds water and like vanilla extract and cinnamon or something like that but if you look on the back of it there's going to be like 15 ingredients that you have no idea what the heck they even are so almond milk oat milk soy milk rice milk hemp milk a lot of them are, in- are inflammatory and can lead to exaggerated inflammation. The same thing goes for dairy-free yogurt. Um, even if you look at gluten-free breads, if you look at the ingredients, that one I'm like not so picky about because it's so hard to find a good gluten-free bread that I'm just like, fuck it. But I have, to, I have an alternative that we're actually gonna talk about soon. So when we're talking about additives, it's so important and preservatives and gums and stuff like that, it's so important when you buy a gluten-free product to just turn it around just take a look at the ingredients because you know you probably know a lot of like big brands um i can't really think of any right now i have to eat i'm a little bit sluggy sluggish right now but um you're probably going to turn around and natural flavoring that is all processed chemicals and preservatives just because it says natural in it it's a marketing scheme don't don't fall for that bs it's really bad chemicals and preservatives and all of that jazz so i really suggest you turn around your ingredients or your packages take a look at the ingredients it's super important i know when you're just starting the gluten-free diet maybe you don't worry about that so much but if you've been eating gluten-free for a while take a look at the things that you're eating um are they really not so good for you because that could be leading to a bunch of your inflammation and Now that you're like, well, shit, I can't eat anything, what's the next step? Well, let me tell you, there are plenty of options. Um, When it comes to eating an anti-inflammatory diet, I eat a lot of paleo items, a lot of foods from the ground, a lot of natural items. So in terms of carbs, I don't eat all paleo carbs, but I enjoy rice cakes. Those are usually pretty clean if you look at the back of the ingredients um we're actually gonna have pacha on later but pacha is a grain-free bread made from four ingredients buckwheat himalayan salt apple cider vinegar and flaxseed that's bread that's pure bread like such clean ingredients no additives no preservatives that is so important um let me see what else carbs quinoa rice potatoes sweet potatoes butternut squash carrots beets and i know in your head you're like carrots and beets fruits and vegetables no they're carbs too all fruits and vegetables have some source of carb millet or millet however you want to call it that's delicious as well oats are also a great source of carbs as well but some people with celiac and autoimmune disease tend to bother them so all of those are great sources of carbs that are unprocessed and mostly unrefined When it comes to rice, you want to get like a wild rice or a brown rice or even white rice is not bad for you. I know it's always marketed as bad, but it's not. Um, It's actually easier to digest than brown rice. But you don't, when it comes to flavoring, you want to really stick away from like flavored, like flavored quinoas, flavored rices. You want to add those spices in yourself. Like my go-to is always adding like fresh basil, fresh sage, salt, pepper, lemon juice. Absolutely delicious. Um, if you don't have IBS and you're not really worried about inflammation or stuff like that, you can add garlic powder. Onion powder is highly inflammatory for myself. So you kind of just have to take that as you go. Hot sauce is a great little thing for flavor. Um, I always have avocados, mash for flavoring, pesto, um, hummus, stuff like that. You want to flavor with natural ingredients and spices. When it comes to your fruits and veggies, it's, this is really hard to live by because I know most of us shop at grocery stores, but so many grocery stores um, spray, even organic items, spray their products with loads and loads of pesticides and all of those, again, cause inflammation, but that is something that is more hard to control. Um, if you can, I personally choose to shop at local farm stands during the summer, but I live in upstate New York, so in the winter, we don't have them, so grocery store it is. Obviously, organic is a better option than non-organic, but it's not necessarily the best, and again, our guest today is going to talk about regenerative farming and how that's different from organic farming and how organic farming isn't always like as great as it's made up to sound, um, which is very interesting, but... I know I mentioned earlier, not all fruits and veggies are anti-inflammatory. Um, and this comes into looking at FODMAPs. So if you suffer from really bad bloating, stomach pain, brain fog, you might want to look into eating a low FODMAP diet. FODMAPs are short chain carbohydrates that don't digest well in your small intestine and lead to abdominal pain and bloating. And you can work with a dietitian um, with learning. It's almost like an elimination diet. You narrow down your foods to a very limited amount of foods, um, and then you slowly build foods back in to see what are your trigger foods. When it comes to inflammatory foods, there are going to be some that you can build back in. Um, you don't not eat them forever. So when it comes to like vegetables, food maps also play a pe- they also play a part in terms of portion sizes. So um, I'm hoping to have a dietitian come on to my support group and kind of talk about this and um, even maybe work with her if you guys are interested a little bit. But let me go into some foods that are anti-inflammatory and some that are inflammatory. Some safe foods for me are bok choy, carrots, the green parts of scallion. Onion is very inflammatory. So if you just use the green part of scallions, not the white part, that is actually anti-inflammatory. Um... The heads are broccoli are anti-inflammatory cassava fava sprouts arugula green beans at like 15 green beans so if you want to learn more about what foods are low fat map and more anti-inflammatory i really recommend that you download the app called monash university it is eight dollars but it goes through every single vegetable every single fruit every single carb Um, it even has products and brands that they recommend that are um, anti-inflammatory when it comes to fruit, a lot of fruit is inflammatory. Apples and pears, unripe bananas are anti-inflammatory, but ripe bananas with brown spots on them are inflammatory. Um, strawberries at like three or four strawberries is low FODMAP. Blueberries at half a cup, 10 raspberries. It's very specific, um, but obviously, as you work with a dietitian with on an anti-inflammatory and a low FODMAP diet, you get used to the portion sizes and your body can build resilience against these inflammatory foods and you can add them into your diet more. So how I do that, well, before I go into that, um, when we talk about carbs a little bit, for me, carbs that are inflammatory are pretzels because those are very processed. Um, Crackers, if they're like seed crackers, those are fine with me because they're very natural. But like processed, like i don't know i'm gonna say like knock off um cheese it's or knock off goldfish stuff like that that's very processed very inflammatory um granola bars are a huge one that are inflammatory inflammatory um they have a lot of palm oils in them um nuts and seed oils are inflammatory as well so it's always a better option to like try to make your own food if you can some some like recipes are so simple like I have a peanut butter protein recipe it's like oat flour peanut butter chocolate chips it's like it and they're so delicious it's like or you can do like um an almond flour breakfast bar with zucchini um I do a zucchini quinoa granola bar for the morning that I make the week ahead meal prepping is so important um but when it comes to meat meat again can be They inject chickens and inject cows with antibiotics and hormones that can cause inflammation in your body. So when it comes to meat, I make sure that all the beef I buy is grass-fed and grass-finished. Means it's only eating grass with no antibiotics. You don't want any hormones in it at all. Um, It is more pricey again. That's why it's really frustrating, you know, when you have an autoimmune disease, it's really expensive. and when you're buying chicken, you want to make sure antibiotic-free. If you can buy local chicken, no, non-hormonal, cage-free. Even when it comes to eggs, it's another highly processed industry is chickens. You want to make sure you're buying hormone-free, cage-free chicken eggs. Again, if you can grab some from your local farmer's market, it's huge. All these little changes will make... It's like you know when you make little changes they slowly build up into this one massive change i'm not kidding a year ago i was so freaking sick and today i feel my skin is different my energy is different my bloating i don't really have it anymore it's like insane and i just feel like i radiate such much so much better energy and I just feel so much better as a person that's why i'm able to come on here and give you this advice i would not give you this advice if i were still feeling really sick and if this didn't actually make a difference for me and i think that is the issue with a lot of health influencers nowadays they're just on here to make money they're just on here to give information that they don't know anything about which is really frustrating and to confuse you all and i'm not here to do that i'm here to give you my honest opinion because if i were in your shoes if i were in your shoes that's exactly what I would want. I don't want any bullshit. Like, I, w- I want you to feel better. Me feeling better is me passing my knowledge along to you so that you can speed up that process. So you don't have to suffer for six years like I did because it was the worst time of my life. And if I had someone to sit by me and say, here's what I did. Here's what you need to do. I would have been like, you're a freaking Lord and Savior. Thank you so much. So that's exactly what I want to provide to you. So again, let's just run through it. In terms of carbs, you wanna stick to more natural products. Quinoa, rice, potatoes, millet, um, butternut squash, beets. Beets are inflammatory uh, at a certain level, so minimal amounts of beets, but carrots, all of those items will leave you feeling really great, not really bloated after. Oats, depending on how you feel after you eat them are also another great option of baking, I use cassava flour, um, chickpea flour, almond flour. If your body can handle gluten-free flour, perfect. That is fine. In terms of vegetables, mostly what I stick to. um, I do have some red pepper. I will stick to green beans, bok choy, carrots, eggplant, kale, arugula, um, collard greens, but all my greens cooked and steamed you don't want any uncooked vegetables that's harder for your body to digest best option if you're busy and you don't have time to get all these fresh vegetables frozen section but make sure you read your ingredient labels some of them are processed in facilities that handle wheat and some of them if they have sauces and breadings will have gluten you just want plain frozen vegetables Um, edamame is also another great one that i love to eat peas are a great option um, again, get that app called Monash University, and you can go through all of the vegetables to see which ones will be anti-inflammatory and will help you heal your body. When it comes to fruit, I stick to half a cup of blueberries, um, half an unripe banana, kiwi, grapefruit, oranges. None of those personally bother me. Again, test trial for yourself. Dragon fruit or pataya, is completely zero fondness. So you should feel great after eating that. An apple at one cup is totally okay. Cantaloupe is another great anti-inflammatory fruit. Fruits that are high high and very inflammatory are pears, apples, peaches, nectarines, um, acai, blackberries, stuff like that. When it comes to meat and fishes, for your fish you always want to make sure that it is wild caught. Farm caught is... It's really nasty. I don't even want to explain to it. Just make sure you get wild caught. I know it's more expensive. If you need to get farm, that's fine. But just know that apparently, I've watched a documentary. They put all these fish in this big pool and they eat each other's shit. And it's like disgusting. I don't want to go into it, but apparently salmon can have like parasites and maggots in it. Ew. Make sure you get farm fresh. It's super important. When it comes to meat, beef, grass fed, grass finished. When it comes to chicken, cage free. Non-hormonal, no antibiotics, and same with your eggs. When it comes to meat, what's best on your stomach is lean meat. So you want to stick to like chicken, um, white fish. For my white fish, I do cod, sole, tuna, um, swordfish, halibut, cod. I already said cod. I think those are all great options. Chicken, turkey. Um, try to stay away from your greasy red meats like bacon. You can have every once in a while. Um, but like ribs and really greasy red meats, um, like filet mignon, you don't want to have that all the time. I would say white meat is going to be better on your stomach versus red meat. But again, you you need to get your iron in. So definitely have a good source of red meat in your diet. Before I talk... Any further on, you know, the anti-inflammatory diet and the importance of what's going into your body. Um, I want to introduce a brand that is going to be on the podcast today, and they're called Pacha. I know I had mentioned them a little bit earlier, um, but this is one of my favorite brands. Not only are they a great brand but they're great people and they care about the food that they're giving out into the world and that is super important from their personalities, their mission, their farming practices to their actual product to what's going into your body. It's it's just an absolutely amazing story to hear and they're an absolutely amazing brand and there's something that <clears throat> I'm really proud of, you know, what they're doing in the food industry and I really hope that other brands will take on the initiative that they're putting um, when it comes to farming, and just the product that they're putting out into the world. So with that, I am going to introduce Adam and Maddie. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. You guys are actually my first podcast guest, so It's super exciting to have you here. For everyone listening, this is Adam and Maddie from Pacha, and they're going to talk a little bit about their brand and what Pacha Bread is about. Do you guys want to tell me a little bit about how you guys started your brand and where you guys are based? Yeah,
1: so we're based in San Diego, California. First off, we make bread. <laughs>
0: That's delicious bread, by the way. It's so yummy. I literally can't keep my house for more than like two weeks.
1: Specifically, we make gluten-free bread that is uh, certified organic and certified gluten-free, and it's also paleo and nut-free and free of most of the allergens out there. So it's really bread that most everyone can eat all with all their different dietary, you know, preferences and restrictions. Which we like to think of it as a very inclusive bread
0: is really important because a lot of people who have celiac disease also have like so many other allergens and other diseases where they can't, you know, eat certain things. So that's great to hear.
2: And we got started in April of 2020.
0: Yeah, so what kind of led you to start the business? Do you guys have any backgrounds that led you to want to start this or any medical issues or anything like that?
1: I have a background in food. I've been in the food business for pretty much my whole professional career. We started this brand because both of us weren't eating gluten and we came across this bread. It was a buckwheat based bread and we were both you know instantly in love with one the bread you know made with buckwheat and two the fact that we could actually eat bread every day so eventually over time after us experimenting we were sharing bread with people it was just got to the point where the momentum was too much and a lot of our friends were in love with the bread as well it's so time to time love to do that. this time yeah to-
0: everyone caught on they were like wow this is too good my background is
2: in, in science came to san diego <laughs> to study oceanography I realized like, wow, this actually could be an opportunity to start working on a solution to climate change. Because one of the things that we are focusing on with Pacha is um, supporting regenerative agriculture. Could you go into like a
0: little bit about what that is for people who've maybe never heard of that before?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So regenerative agriculture is the idea of farming in ways that build topsoil. All of the all of the practices are aimed at eliminating. Um, chemical fertilizers and pesticides, utilizing the natural biodiversity and the natural ecosystem to create a balanced environment where plants grow all the nutrition that they need. They have all of the vitamins and minerals that they're supposed to, that they may not get in a conventional farming setup. A conventional farming uh, scenario just conventional chemical fertilizers. And the, the theory being that Oh, well, if the plants have enough nitrogen and potassium, phosphorus, and they'll be perfectly healthy. You know, what we're finding is that we're growing plants that have not as high of a nutritional value. If we keep farming conventionally and using and abusing our soil, it's going to disappear. I think
1: a lot of people think about conventional agriculture, like, oh, okay, we should buy organic. Organic is certainly better, but what organic is, is that they're not using... Chemical fertilizers and pesticides, the ones that they're not allowed to use, there are organic certified, you know, fertilizers and pesticides. So regenerative takes that a step further and says, yes, we're not going to use these chemical fertilizers and pesticides, but we're also going to implement composting um, on site and building soil health and biodiversity, um, protecting wildlife. Regenerative agriculture really wants to be a self-enclosed system that's not taking inputs from outside. The-
0: that's very interesting because I feel like for myself and for many people listening, like we always choose organic and no one really teaches us the farming practices. I know on social media there has definitely been more talk about farming practices we have social media and we can talk about it and we can see different things happening different chemicals being sprayed on our product there's definitely more talk about it but it's really interesting to hear your perspective take pride and like care about the food that's going into your body especially when you have autoimmune diseases everything that goes into your body creates a symptom that affects your disease so it's super important to know that pacha is really good quality bread you guys also in your ingredients it says that your bread is sprouted could you go into a little bit about like what that means the
2: ingredients in our bread are our whole seeds. In our simple sourdough, it's just four ingredients. It's buckwheat, flax, apple cider vinegar, and salt. And we have some flavored loaves in our three seed line, those same four ingredients, plus sunflower and organic herbs and spices it
0: was like the number one reason when i um first found your bread, just how minimal the ingredients were i was like i have to try this because i was like It'd be so clean and like it tastes so good happy that i could find a bread that like had such clean ingredients feel good eating it and not feel like crap I and mean, like terrible symptoms excruciating like bloating it felt good to enjoy what i was eating and to feel good after
2: the sprouting piece is you take the whole buckwheat groats and we soak them for 24 hours. What that does is transition into
1: something that's more digestible. So
0: you're getting increased nutrition, better digestion. Yeah. If you want
1: the most um, nutritious food, they should be sprouting their seeds, grains, and legumes or just soaking overnight before they before they cook mm-hmm. them.
0: Something I'm just starting to get into. I've been having obviously a lot of like bloating and uncomfortable symptoms and I've been doing a lot of researching on sprouting and so I bought like all my lentils that are sprouted, even like rice sprouted. So it's great to know that pacha is sprouted and better for digestion. As we know, we all of us on this podcast suffer from that. Could you guys go a little bit into like what your different flavors are? that
1: we have right now available are the simple sourdough line, which there's two skews there. There's the loaf and the bread and the buns. Um, those are the ones that we mentioned with just four ingredients, the simple sourdough. So you've got your buckwheat loaf, and then the same exact recipe in a bun form. It's kind of a little bit more like um, an English muffin and they're great for sandwiches and burgers and avocado toast, and they, they have a lot of great functional uses. And then the bread is really great as like a sliced bread on the side of any, any dish. The three seed breads, we have two, two flavors now. We have the onion and garlic and the cheesy herbs are that same kind of simple sourdough recipe with the sprouted sunflower added, as well as all the flavors. The the it's really just organic spices. Do you have a yeah. favorite recipe that you make with either of
0: those? Cheesy
2: herb is really good if you literally mm. just toast it and then dip it in marinara sauce. But it's vegan.
1: <laughs> onion and garlic makes the best croutons on the planet. Oh, wow. So the outside gets like crunchy, but the inside's still kind of soft. But they're incredible. They're
0: so good.
2: In a Caesar salad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You guys are gonna have to make a recipe book next. <laughs> Bread is completely safe for celiacs, like in terms of um the facility that it's produced in. Is there any gluten there? Also, I know a lot of people that follow me also have peanut allergies, um, soy, eggs, stuff like that. So could you talk a little bit about the facility it's made made in
2: a dedicated facility certified gluten-free we test our, we test the ingredients that come into our facility. And the only thing we make in the facility right now is the bread. The only ingredients that are coming in and out are the things that are listed in our pack. Everything is soy free. Everything is peanut free. Nut free. Nut free, mm-hmm. egg free, dairy free. That's hard to find. Shellfish free.
0: <laughs> My favorite is I just put like almond butter on it with blueberries and some cinnamon.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Great for cinnamon.
2: So we are selling in grocery stores. Uh, we're expanding our grocery store program right now we're just in stores in southern california and utah wilson's Arawan. are
0: you in hawaii i feel like i saw someone post there in hawaii yep. yeah in
2: hawaii. <sighs> we are in hawaii. hawaii at down to earth good to know yeah um and then Bristol Farms mothers markets um, we're in utah
1: harmon's that's a 20 stores in utah called harmon's
0: um, do you have any plans to move over to the east coast yeah we're actively
1: pitching stores all over the country as of right now you can buy our bread all over in all 50 states you know via our website
0: do you guys you know involve pacha in like the community in california do you like in any way give back to the community yeah,
1: yeah. We're members of 1% for the planet to donate or give 1% of their gross uh, receipts, gross sales to a nonprofit that's kind of in the realm of climate change or combating climate change and environmental type issues. The most cost-effective
2: way to get our bread is to order it through our website in a a six pack, like buy a case of it, the shipping is way less. and you get a discount for ordering a case actually. And you can refreeze the bread. When you receive the bread, it will have thawed in the process of shipping. You can take slices frozen out of the freezer and toast them directly. It lasts for like a couple of weeks in the fridge and it lasts two years or something in the freezer. (laughs) It takes a little, it takes like probably twice as long to toast as a normal piece of bread. You know, you put it down once and then you put it down again.
0: That's one thing I love. It's like crunchy on the outside and like soft on the inside. It's Not
2: for, I mean, for the people that are listening, it's not a bread, it's not a gluten-free bread that's trying to mimic white bread. It's almost a category of its own. It's more like a Northern European style seed bread. So it's, it's, it's dense, but it's fluffy and it, and it's really, um, it's really filling. Like if you eat it and it feels nourishing rather than just kind of being like, this is the vehicle for getting avocado into my stomach. Like
0: when I first tried it, I compared it more to like a seed bread or a nut bread. And it just feels better when you know that you're eating nourishing ingredients and it's not just like white bread filled with gums and like different chemicals.
2: I mentioned that when we started the company, we were not, um, weren't eating bread. And I wasn't eating gluten for two reasons. One was that, it didn't make me feel great to like be eating a bunch of processed glutenous flour. Like it just made me feel kind of sluggish and tired. I've struggled with an eating, a very severe eating disorder in college, and into grad school. And one of the one of the things that kind of triggered that was like these like low nutrient bready things that like you can eat a lot of them and not really feel full. Um, those would trigger my eating disorder. So I kind of just stepped away from bread. Like it doesn't feel good in my body. It, I don't psychologically interact with it very well with Pacha. This feels different. My specific eating disorder was bulimia. So I, you know, I would eat things. And then if I felt like, oh, that wasn't nourishing for my body, I, oh, well, I could just get rid of it. This bread is not something that I want to get rid of. <laughs> it's like, feels really good in my body. Thank you for
0: discussing that. It's a lot. I myself, as well as a lot of my followers, have reached out to me about having eating disorders. You know, eating causes these symptoms, and for me, like one was bloating. So when I look in the mirror and I'm like so bloated, it's like I don't want to eat. Right. So it feels, you know, great to have a product that I can eat and you know feel great. And for you, you feel nourished after, it and you don't feel like you have to, you know, not eat a certain food because it doesn't make you feel a certain way. Right. Get rid of it from your body. So that's super important to know. And great to know that Pacha is like, sits well with you and like your past eating disorder. And I can say like, it sits well with me as well. So super important. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Yeah,
2: for sure. And also, you know, just for all the people out there listening, it's, it's easy to talk about an eating disorder, like it's in the past. And I feel like it's actually something that is, that's present, right? It's, it's, it's always kind of lurking underneath the surface programming in us that feels like it's like an addiction. It's like, I'm just waiting for you to come back to this idea that you should treat your body in a different
0: way. Oh, for sure. It definitely leaves like a deep groove in who you are as a person, but it also grows you to be a much stronger person as well.
2: It's a, it's a practice to take care of your body.
0: I'm so excited that you guys were on here today and I appreciate you telling a little bit about your brand and your personal stories. Great meeting with you guys
2: yeah you too
0: so much pacha was kind enough to give me a discount code for you guys so you can use eat gluten free with me 20 for 20 percent off i personally have the simple sourdough two loaves in my freezer and the english muffins they're absolutely to die for and i feel so great after eating them so if you're interested i would definitely get it a try um but now let's jump back into different brands that again will not cause inflammation and will leave you feeling great and good just like pacha bread does one that i get asked all the time protein powder what protein powder can i use protein powder is a highly inflammatory item to add to your diet and honestly it's better to get natural sources of protein than adding like a scoop of processed protein to anything but if you are looking for a protein powder my favorite is New Zest it is absolutely amazing I just ordered the vanilla and chocolate coming to my house I'm so excited I'll have to make some recipes with it I just ran out so I'm so excited to restock on it it literally has three ingredients it's Pea protein isolate, um, vanilla bean, um, pure vanilla bean, L-gluten bean, and coconut sugar, that's it. If you look at the back of most protein powders, there's crap you're just going to be... It's like a long list of like 70 ingredients that you're like, what the heck is this crap? Um, New Zest, absolutely amazing. If you'd like a discount on it, you can use my code LAURENM15 for a discount. I highly, highly recommend Um, When it comes to cookies, breakfast, granola bars, crackers, Simple Mills is one of my favorite brands. All of their items are grain-free and gluten-free, certified. Um, Absolutely amazing ingredients. None of their ingredients go over like seven ingredients and they're all so fresh. It's like almond flour, Uh, rosemary is their preservative, which is absolutely amazing. I didn't even know before I started eating them that rosemary was a preservative. Um, so Natural Rosemary, all their ingredients are so simple, so clean, highly recommend. Another brand when it comes to milks, like dairy-free alternative milks, Elmhurst, all of their nut milks have like two ingredients, just water and the nut of whatever milk you get. I have hazelnut milk at home from them, their almond milk is great, their milk is amazing. Make sure you look at the back when you're buying any dairy-free alternatives comes to crackers, some of my favorite brands are Hue, super clean ingredients, Ella Flats, um, their seed crackers, absolutely amazing, um, Mary Be Gone crackers, really delicious, love those as well. And Simple Mills has a lot of great grain-free crackers. When it comes to bread, my favorite, Char. Char is not like the cleanest ingredients, but it is one of my favorites. My favorite bread is pacha bread. It is so freaking clean! I know I mentioned it earlier. Four ingredients: buckwheat, Himalayan salt, flaxseed, apple cider vinegar. Absolutely, so freaking amazing! Um, it's more like a seed nut bread versus like it's not trying to be a gluten alternative bread. Um, so definitely check them up online. At, it's like livepacha.com and if you're interested in buying any of that, I have a discount code: eat gluten free with me 20 for 20% off. Fortunately, they do not ship to Europe. They're just USA based. And it comes to like turkey slices um, or deli meat or um, what's it called? Beef jerky. Some of my favorite brands are for beef jerky sticks, chomps. They have really great ingredients. The new primal, um, some of them have garlic and onion in them. So it, it depends if that bothers you or not, but they also have really great beef jerky sticks. For turkey deli slices that I can buy at any grocery stores. I always use Applegate. Same for their hot dogs. Really clean ingredients, really great sources of meat, um, great brands. Again, when it comes to fish, I just choose to buy whatever's wild at my local grocery store. There's not like a specific brand that I buy from. Same with meat. When it comes to like peanut butter, my favorite brand is Teddy's Peanut Butter. Um, It's just literally nuts You get the salted one, so nuts and salt. My favorite chip brands are going to be Boulder, Colorado chips. They're just avocado oil, chips, sea salt, and they have a sea salt and vinegar one. And it's literally amazing. When it comes to like oats and millet and different flours that I buy, like almond flour, cassava flour, I always use Bob's Red Mill. It's just plain gluten-free flour. I use King Arthur flour this is going so out of order i'm just trying to think of everything oh when it comes to granolas and stuff like that i love purely elizabeth that is an absolutely great brand as well and if you would like a discount off that i have a link in my bio that you can shop through it comes to your marinades and your salad dressing again the new primal absolutely amazing i love that brand thrive market also has so so many good brands that are very clean and organic and you can literally shop just in the gluten-free section on that app so that you can learn different gluten-free brands, which is especially important if you're new to the gluten-free diet. Brand that's great for nut butters is Artesana Organics. They have really good products. When it comes to pasta, my favorite brand is uh, Jovial. I think that is the best, but Char also has great gluten-free pasta. I forgot to mention this as well, but beans, um, like lentils and black beans, white beans, red beans, all of that, Those tend to cause a lot of gas and inflammation in people who have IBS and Crohn's and celiac. So I do have lentils every once in a while. I actually do half lentils, half wild rice and mix that together and boil that in um, chicken broth. And it's so amazing. Lentils don't bother me terribly, but obviously you always listen to your body. You might be thinking, okay, well, if I exclude all these inflammatory foods into my diet, like how do they, how do I ever eat them again? And it's not that you remove these items from your diet and you never eat them again. Like that would be an eating disorder. I would never want you to do that. Um, you just slide them in every once in a while. So 95% of your diet should be anti-inflammatory. And then once a day, you eat something inflammatory. And because you're eating so anti-inflammatory, having that one inflammatory food isn't going to cause you to flare up. And it's absolutely amazing. And um, I know garlic and onion are also um, kind of hard for people with IBS to use. You can get garlic-infused olive oil, which is anti-inflammatory. I don't know if they have one for an onion. But again, scallion, the, the green parts of the onion, you can use that. Um, so there's ways around it. And it's not, again, you'll work, if you work with a dietitian, they don't just exclude these items from your diet. You work on building them back into your system. Same with dairy. When you first get diagnosed, it's a very inflammatory food to eat. But I have dairy every day now because I was able to reintroduce that to my diet. And that's like one of the one, one inflammatory items that I eat every day for breakfast. And because the rest of my day after that is anti-inflammatory, I don't usually experience very bad symptoms from it. Um, And when it comes to like things like ice cream, like I had ice cream last night and I feel amazing today. It's because I don't eat it every day. It's all about moderation and um, being very stern with yourself and being like, okay, I won't eat this today. But tomorrow I'm going to have a slice of this and then I'll eat um, collard greens and sun-dried tomatoes and tomatoes for sauteed for lunch. And then for dinner, I'm going to have some something inflammatory. I don't know, like asparagus or something like that about moderation not feeling guilty when you have symptoms because you eat something inflammatory it's all about trial and error it's all about figuring out your body listening to how you feel um just being in tune with with yourself and i will have a youtube video coming out soon of an anti-inflammatory meal that i made for lunch and i have one coming out for anti-inflammatory meal that i made for dinner um thrive market has this cookbook and if you haven't seen it already definitely check it out it has such good um recipes in it and it was a free gift that I got with my first purchase you get a free gift with like every purchase and it's amazing because who doesn't love free gifts and I was like oh it's not gonna it wasn't a gluten-free cookbook so I was like it's not gonna have anything gluten-free in it and like 95% of it's gluten-free and it's all like grain-free too so last night I made chickpea falafel and it was freaking amazing And I made millet, lemon pepper millet. And then I had uh, for my greens, we did sautéed kale with lemon juice, tomato, um, sun-dried tomatoes, and then pepper and salt and lemon juice to season. And it was so freaking good. And I felt amazing and was able to have ice cream after. It was so amazing to have Adam and Maddie on the podcast. They're absolutely amazing human beings. And I was so great to talk with them about all their... Great things that are coming for their brand, the product that they have in their farming practices, and just the mission of the brand. And I hope that you guys will all try it again if you would like to. I have a discount code for Eat Gluten Free with me 20. Um, and yeah, if you guys could also leave me a written review on this podcast, if you're enjoying it, if you find it helpful, any feedback that you have, please let me know. Um, leave that in a written a written review for me. And if you want to see more daily videos of my literally everyday move, definitely give me a follow on Instagram at eatglutenfreewithme. with me. And if you're not following me on TikTok already, that is my main platform. That is where I post everything. Um, it's at eatglutenfreewithme. with me. Okay, that's all I have for you guys today. Love you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye Bye